and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the seventh episode of Riverdale Season 1, In a Lonely Place. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I'm joined as always by the spectacular Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how do you like your new adjective? Um, I love my new adjective. It, this is perfect. Nothing could be better. Um, I've been in a lonely place without recording a podcast with you for the last little bit, so I'm happy to be back. I know, we pre-recorded a whole bunch of these, and I had to awkwardly edit out the things that were saying, like, come listen to our Big Brother celebrity mm-hmm. podcast that have already happened weeks ago. I mean, people should still go back and listen to them, okay? They should, but I don't know if anyone will. Uh, today we are also joined by my good friend and a truly stupendous person, Hannah Elam. <laughs> She's embarrassed. She had to back away from the microphone. I couldn't think. I was trying to think of other adjectives, and I'm like, I've already used wonderful. I've already used fantastic. I don't know what to use. Have you ever heard of a thesaurus, Mary? It could have really helped you out. It's fine. Thesaurus.com was one of my my best friends in in high school and and probably even in college. You know, just even today, I still use it. It just, it's so helpful. When when are you constantly having to look up words? When does that happen? I don't know. It's just sometimes you're looking for a word and you can't think of it, but you can think of a word that's similar and you want to find a word that better fits what you're trying to say. Thank you for the definition of a thesaurus. (laughs) Well, anyways, (laughs) I meant like a specific time when it has come in handy. I don't know. I can't think of a specific. I just know that I like to use it. Fair enough. Okay. Well, if you go on thesaurus.com, there's an article of like 10 insults that we should bring back and the thumbnail for it looks exactly like me. So just so you're aware. Did you pose for- It's not me. It's not me, but it looks exactly like me. Did they steal a picture of you from the Big Brother Canada promo? No, it doesn't look like me in that because that doesn't look like me. <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. How do you feel about Big Brother Canada coming back? You excited? Um, I'm excited, but the cast got revealed today and I, you know what? I'm going to keep it real with you guys. It was hard. It was really hard seeing the cast get revealed today, but you mm. know what? I'll get over it. And you have immediately dated our podcast. Thank you. <laughs> well, you asked. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Happy New Year, guys. It's 2019. We recorded it's these way in <laughs> How did the grand, groundhog see their shadow where you live? <laughs> I, I don't even know. Is that just an American thing or do they do that everywhere? I don't even know. It's, it's certainly a North American thing, but I don't know. It's my okay. mom's favorite holiday. I think it's- Groundhog's Day is your mom's favorite holiday. <laughs> yeah, we would get a text every year. Happy Groundhog's Day, baby girl. She just hated winter and it was like a sign that winter was ending. <laughs> no, but it could be a sign that it's not ending. Well, no, here's the thing. Um, Regardless of whether the groundhog sees their shadow or not, there's still only six more weeks of winter. <laughs> I guess that's end. the uh, silver lining we're looking for. All right, everybody, let's dive into this episode. Episode seven. I completely forgot about every single thing in this episode going into it, and I've probably seen it like three times, but it's just one of those filler episodes that kind of, I don't know, maybe it's the fact that there's no Archie in it that, <laughs> that made me forget it because I didn't have just like a burning hatred the entire time. Um, but it's <laughs> actually an incredibly Jughead-centric episode. Yeah, I didn't remember literally any of this. Um, And also, um, I didn't enjoy it on the rewatch, even though it was Jughead-heavy, and normally that's going to be something I'll enjoy a lot. What did you not like about it? I just, like, I couldn't get into it. I was trying to watch it and trying to really pay attention, and I just kept, like, zoning out, and then I'd look up and be like, oh, it's been 15 minutes. What's happening now? And I had to keep going back, which is not something I'm normally willing to do, (laughs) but I, like, literally wasn't absorbing any anything. I just like did not find any enjoyment in it. So I don't know why, but that's just my perspective. Did you realize that the episode
episode had ended before no. watching the next one. The, like four minutes into the next episode, <laughs> I looked up and I, not four minutes. It was less than that. I was like, why is Jughead talking again? And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's a Jughead voiceover. That's the problem with having Jughead start and end the episode is it could just blend into the next one. If you, especially if you skip the recap. Well, I can't skip the recap when I watch on my TV though, mm. but I still was like, wait, what? Why is this happening? And I was like, oh, it's the next episode. Gotta go. So I, I gotta say though, this episode, while I forgot the general plot of it, it does have one of my favorite opening scenes of any Riverdale episode. I think it's really creative and fun and it goes along with the Jughead voiceover. Let me read the voiceover first and then we can talk about the scene. But Jughead says, what makes a place feel like home? Is it warmth and familiarity? Some idealized make-believe version of the American dream? Is it love and acceptance? Or is it simply safety? Or is it none of those things? And it's a place where the captain of the football team is murdered. Or maybe it's just a forgotten closet under a well-trod staircase where it's just you and the mice and the spiders like an extra in a Wes Craven movie. I was following it until the random movie reference, but up until that point, I liked it because, okay, so this episode starts out with the Jughead, I don't know if he's dreaming or what, but he's envisioning everybody as they are in the comics, which I think is really cool. Yes, I love, you know, Jughead in the actual crown. Everyone's all like cutesy. And I remembered this scene as having been longer than this. Like when it was over so fast, I was like, wait, I thought there was more. But maybe I also zoned out. I don't know. Yeah, I mixed this scene up with another scene that happens in a later episode. I think it's episode, or I think it's in episode 10. I mixed, I thought that this scene was from that episode. And oh, maybe I'm doing that too. Yeah, but but something I did notice is that both Betty and Polly are at least wearing engagement rings, but I think they're both wearing engagement rings and wedding rings. And something here, I didn't think Jason looked super creepy in this particular scene. Well, I think it's more everyone looked super creepy and so he blended in a little bit more. <laughs> I was gonna say, I didn't notice that he was there, so he can't have been as creepy as normal or I would have been skeeved out. So maybe. One thing that I think this scene does really well is it kind of blends the two extremes of the show Riverdale. It's got the Archie comic references with a like more new age, creepy murder mystery kind of feel. And it does both to the extreme. Everybody's really creepy and somebody gets stabbed in the back and yet it's like heightened comic book style, bright colors. Everybody's, you know, like you said, Jughead's wearing the crown. He's wearing a very blatant S shirt. Archie's got the, the R shirt on. Betty and Veronica and Polly are all sort of done up. At least two of them, if not, I think Polly does too. They all have bangs, which is kind of interesting. I think Veronica with the bangs is the one that makes her look the most like a comic book character. But it's also um, a terrible look for her. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't look great on her, um, on Camila Mendez as a person, but like it's cool to see her look how she's supposed to look in the comics. Uh, I don't really know why Betty doesn't have a ponytail, but I feel like they just wanted to do something different. Yeah, the, po- the lack of a ponytail is probably like the one glaring flaw with that. Well, and the fact that Polly is wearing a blonde wig for some reason when like she has blonde hair i don't know why we needed to put her in a wig it's not like she looks iconically different it's, and it's not like polly is iconic in general so. yeah oh. yeah but i did notice the uh the engaged thing and so they're all eating dinner at, at betty's house and like hal gives jughead the knife to card the carve the food and then there's a really 
quick break where Jughead sees his dad in his real trailer watching TV and drinking, and then it flashes back and Archie comes in, and that's when he's like, hey, dude, why'd you stab me in the back? So it's, it's kind of interesting. Well, I'm not really sure what the whole stab you in the back part is supposed to be referencing, but... Well, I assume that it has something to do with, like, the Betty and Jughead situation, or it's like, even though Archie didn't want Betty, it's like, maybe still like a bro code thing. I don't know. I don't have bros. If a bro wants to explain that to me, they can feel free. I guess, but it's kind of weird in that situation where it would be it would be different if it was like, like, that would make more sense if it was like Veronica and Betty and Archie, where like, Veronica feels bad to Betty because she, you know, if she was going to like Archie, that would, that's different. But with like, Jughead, it's like, Archie didn't want Betty, so she's open for business. It's also a dream, so I don't know that we're supposed to fully understand. I think there's part of Jughead that doesn't want people to know about his dad, which is made clear. Uh, and then Archie just comes in and, and there could be some reason why he's feeling guilty, but there's not really a true reason that we get why Ar- Archie would have been stabbed. Yeah, yeah, and I was gonna say the other thing is, is that we're sitting here trying to make sense of Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. That's the whole point of the podcast. And guess what? We're not succeeding in making sense of it, but we are succeeding in creating an entertaining product. Okay, good enough. Or at least having fun. (laughs) Yeah, so that was the first half of the opening scene. And then the second half is we see the Jughead has been living in the school under the stairs. And, uh, you know, uh, like, honestly, I feel like that's kind of a better place to be living than the the drive-in where he used to live. Like, here at least, he has, like, a bathroom and a shower and stuff. Yeah, it definitely seems like a much better setup than, like, the drive-in, which obviously wasn't, like, that secure since it was overridden with criminals. So I, I feel better about this. Also, they made it seem like he woke up super early to get ready for school. Like, couldn't he have woken up later because he's literally at school? Well, but if there's, like, sports practices before school and they're going to be, like, using the locker room, he would, in theory, want to be done before all of that, wouldn't he? Yes. I don't know. I used to take showers in school when we would practice cross-country in the mornings occasionally, usually just be, like, on a Friday. And if I was ever in the shower for cross-country and then some, like, random other kid came in, I, like, wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. I, I wouldn't be like, what are they doing here? I would just think they came to school to like run on their own or something. I don't know. Maybe you're just not suspicious enough. No, I just, I really don't. Yeah, I initially don't care about other people ever. So. <laughs> yeah, I think me. that it's um, pretty well known that Mary is the most selfish person that we know. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it's pretty. I'm, I was trying to think of someone in this show who's like that, but I guess I'm like Cheryl. I don't know. Mm. Um, <clears throat> at least Cheryl cares about her, her brother, but whatever. Wow, you don't care about your brother? Little Dave. Yeah, I care about Little Dave sometimes. I don't know. He never talks to me. He's in that age. It's too cool. Too cool for siblings. How it's old fine. is he? He's like 22. <laughs> You know, that age. Oh, of course. They're so cute at that age. <laughs> I think so. Um, anyway, all right. So which section do you guys want to talk about first in this episode? Veronica. Well, yeah, probably Veronica. It's not a whole lot that she does. Veronica has like a quick little side plot, which is basically just, hey, here's some fallout from last time when when uh, Hermione forged Veronica's signature. And I still don't really get like why, I don't know, this whole plot line to me is like, here's spoiled little rich girl having spoiled little rich girl problems that have nothing to do with anybody 
and are nowhere near as bad as anyone else's problems. Well, and the thing is, is that she makes it seem in this plot that she, her signature was forged so that her mom could keep making out with Fred Andrews. And it's like, honey, it, it's not that, it's not like that. That's not the reason. Like, there's so much more to it than that. Like, Hermione and Fred Andrews can make out whenever they want. And if Fred's not busy working, he probably has more time for that. So it just doesn't add up. Um, But it starts with her, isn't it when she is coming back with her online shopping from Glamazon.com? It is. It is. Yeah. So we have a nice, beautiful, close but no cigar right in the beginning of this episode. So happy about it. I, I don't know. This is like a thing you get a lot in these kind of shows or movies where like people need retail therapy. I guess like I, I shop when I'm upset or when I'm like have, I don't know, have some frustrations I need to take out. But I, I would rather than go to a store. I don't think online shopping is going to give me that same kind of feeling. But sometimes online shopping is better because you get the rush of buying something and then you also get the rush of something arriving for you in the mail. I guess that's true. To me, online shopping is harder though because I analyze how much I'm spending so much more than if I'm in the store and I'm just like, oh, you know, this is only $10. Oh, this is $15. I don't pay as much attention. But then if I'm looking at the total right there, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't buy all of these things and a little bit more conscious of what you're doing. Yes, but you are not a lodge. Yeah. <laughs> that I is don't true. think Veronica's looking at the bottom line. I don't much. think Veronica has ever looked at the total on a receipt in her life. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so she's doing that and she's basically like, she wants to go out partying to make her mom mad. And so she needs her fave celebrity gal pal, her best gay, and some dim-witted, sexy, disposable arm candy. So she decides to get Josie, Kevin, and Reggie together. And Kevin is like, oh my gosh, I'm so honored when she says that he's her best gay. And I'm like, is that, hasn't it been made clear that you're the only gay guy that she knows at this school? Like, I don't know why he's so honored. I mean, like, I guess, cool. But she's also talking to you about this whole situation. So it's not going like, to talk to you and be like, yeah, I'm going to go get Joaquin. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? She'd be like, I need my best gay. Hey, do you have Joaquin's number by any chance? <laughs> yeah, that would be so great. But yeah, they go out. They go out partying. They're clubbing. It's a school night. And Hermione kind of makes a big deal about Veronica going out on a school night. But then, like, none of the other kids, it seems like, have an issue getting away. So, okay. Right. And the name of the club that they go to is, like, the Roving Eye Club. And I paused that and I was like, is it supposed to say raving? Why is it an eye? It didn't. Does that reference make any sense to you guys about why that would be the club name? Roving? Yes. I'm pretty sure. Because the Roving Eye? Because, like, Roving Eyes would be, like, checking people out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've been watching too many, like, mysteries, so Roving Eye to me sounds more like a detective who's, like, looking for people underage or something. I don't know. Anyway. I think you should edit that part out. <laughs> Look, I spent all my time pausing this show to write down Archie's song lyrics and Jughead's voiceovers. I did not pause it to see what the name of the uh, club was. I'm just more disbelieving of the fact that Riverdale even has a club. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like the kind of place you would see in Riverdale. And then when you actually see the club itself, like, it looks like a, f- a pretty, like, upscale nightclub. And so I'm like, well, t- did they have to leave Riverdale for this? Or... <laughs> yeah, and it's like, we assume it's a it's a school night, so it's like probably like Monday or Tuesday. Who are all these brandos clubbing? And how late does a club stay open on a Monday? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, they they look like they're having fun. And then Veronica tries to get all deep about how she wants to leave her body in Riverdale and how all the cops stole all her stuff. And it's like, yeah, like none of these people are sympathizing with you at all. I just it just does not strike me emotionally. She's like, my mom said the one thing that no one can take away is my name, and then she did that. I'm like. 
people she didn't really take away your name like she wrote your name down i guess that's like where you're getting at that but it's not like she forged her name her signature on a name change document <laughs> yeah yeah and i re- the only thing i like about this is when kevin's like so is going full black swan working for you or and it's like no it is not working <laughs> yeah kevin's like hey it's been real fun thanks for inviting me out to party but i really don't see how this is helping your situation i found it super shocking that veronica brought up her dad going to jail because we've just never really heard her talk about this before and so to see her open up about it was really refreshing was the disdain enough at that yeah no no she brings it up all the time but like i i don't know there's just the whole thing about her dad and being in prison it's like we never hear veronica say you kind of get a little bit of it from hermione but you never hear veronica say like yeah my dad's a bad dude or i was shocked to find out he did bad stuff instead she's always just like oh my gosh they took him away it's like he died it's so sad it's like he's been like dragged off kidnapped somewhere it's not like she never she never talks about how she's disappointed in him or her changed her mind about him or anything well she stands by her father he could call god i keep pouring this all over me (laughs) mary a mouth that big and you miss um anyway it's better than when i dumped out the wine the other night so but in this instance she's more so not even talking about the fact yeah she brings up the fact that they dragged her away but she's talking about all the things that she lost because her dad was doing bad things and in the first episode she does say that she stands by her father and clearly in this episode too she wants the support of her father and doesn't want him to think that she has blindsided him or turned her back on him because of awarding andrew's construction this bid to do the construction for the drive-in site. Yeah, it's kind of two things. It's kind of like she thinks that her if her dad finds out about the Andrews construction first, her mom's made it kind of clear that like her dad wanted to go a different way, but this is like something he didn't want and she wants to do it because Andrews construction is a legitimate business. But then there's also like the thing on top of that of the fact that her mom is kind of seeing Fred Andrews. So I think it's kind of both things where she doesn't, she doesn't want any of that blowback to fall on her. And yeah, she mentioned several times like she doesn't she wants her mom to admit to Hiram about the forgery because she doesn't want him to think that she betrayed him and um yeah I don't know it's, it's just kind of interesting seeing this relationship between Veronica and her father where even though she finds out that he's done some bad things she's still uh, yeah is still just acting like daddy's little girl like that she doesn't want to disappoint him and I don't know the, her relationship with her mom is very is is very different from that because it's it's much more she's much more independent and will stand up to her mom so I don't know I find that kind of interesting that her mom doesn't garner the same respect as her dad. I feel like that's like a fairly common thing though is that uh, a family will have like a pretty solid dynamic of like which parent is like the authoritarian and which one is kind of like you don't really take them seriously. Uh, And so I think it's something along those lines. Yeah, there's a lot more power struggle with Veronica and Hermione here. And so at the end of the night, some guy comes up to them and says, hey, your card's been declined. And Veronica says, oh, this is how we lodge girls do. And makes it seem like they have been drinking because Kevin mentions telling his sh- the sheriff that they're here and reporting the card stolen would bring him here. Well, also, like, they wouldn't be allowed to go in there at all. Right. Underage, right? Like, it's not like Reggie a Reggie mentioned that. Like, he was like, oh, oh, yeah, we'll be happy to tell other people that we're underage, basically being like, you guys let us in here. You're going to be in trouble, too. We love a little bit of, like, blackmail. Yeah, I but don't know. But we don't like they the underage but they didn't drinking. Come across, well, they didn't come across as, like, being drunk or anything so it was very confusing because 
Josie was also telling Veronica to hide to hydrate, but then she like looked like she was drinking something other than water. I don't know. It it's it wasn't a huge plot point. They didn't really like try to dig too deep into that. But yeah, she talks with Hermione and is basically they come to a decision like, okay, I will accept the affair with Fred for the time being until we find out more about what Hiram did and if he's ever getting out of jail. And in return, Hermione will tell Hiram that she forged the signature. And we see Hermione call Hiram. We don't actually get this conversation. So I guess we're to assume that she does tell him. I'm not sure. I also would like to know in what world is white collar crime getting you a lifetime sentence in prison? Obviously, he's not in prison forever. And he's, I'm assuming, at a low security place where he can play tennis and shit. Like... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's probably not gonna be there forever, but I think it's more of, like, they don't know, maybe for their reputation or what. Like, Hermione was talking about, like, I need to look at my future. Like, maybe if he comes out, I don't necessarily want to be with him. We just don't know what the situation's gonna be like yet. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't think, knowing what we know about Hermione and how she seems a little bit more independent and how she moved on to Fred pretty quickly, I don't think that her bonds with Hiram have anything to do with, like, oh, I'm in love with this person. I think there were a lot of perks there to him being wealthy and... And if he comes out and he's not able to get wealthy again, I'm not sure that she's going to stay with him. Relatable queen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So do we want to talk about the next plot line? Jughead slash Archie slash FP slash Fred Andrews slash job slash home life. What an iconic storyline. <laughs> Yeah. So Archie figures out that Jughead is living in the school and he's like, why why are you living in the school, dude? And Jughead's like, well, I used to live in the movie theater, but it got demolished. So now I live here. Yeah. And Jughead is really like, he does this a couple times in the episode. He's really kind of like backhanded to, to Archie. And he's always kind of dropping in all these snide things like, yeah, I used to live in the movie theater before it got destroyed by dad. Like there's a lot of like undertone of that. And like, oh yeah, my dad, he doesn't have a job anymore because of your dad. Like there's just a lot of that I'm like this is why I don't buy you guys as friends <laughs> but the thing is is all that like little backhanded you know those comments kind of to me indicates that they could be closer friends than ever before because I feel like the people that you can be that mean to are the people that you love the most agreed I, he you know he's talking with Archie and his main concern here is that he doesn't want Betty to find out where he lives and I love Archie's response is just like oh don't worry about Betty like Veronica might make fun of you but Betty probably won't and <laughs> Jughead's like yeah don't tell don't tell Veronica either though. I don't know. I love it. I love the cute little beginning of relationship jitters that Jughead has. Yeah, it's really hard when you're starting a new relationship, but you're homeless and you don't want <laughs> your new partner to know that. Yeah, I don't know. But actually, that's probably like a that's like a real thing. Like homeless people have relationships too. Yeah, but like we can we you imagine how hard that would be? Like no, like imagine you're like sleeping in an underpass and you like meet someone and you really like them, but you don't want them to know. That's so tragic. I don't think you can like hide that. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure, probably this, is, I'm sure this is a movie. I'm sure there is a movie If it's about not, that. then I want to trademark it, send it in the mail, because I'm writing it. You know what that made me think of, though? Did you guys ever watch the best Disney Channel original movie, Get a Clue, starring Lindsay Lohan? I have watched that movie. But what are you, what about it are you thinking about? I just, there, there's like a guy, and I think he's like the mayor or something, or the governor, I don't know. And he, um, and he, he's like, spends a couple weeks or whatever. He spends 
the duration of the movie pretending to be a homeless person just to see how people will treat him just came to mind. Anyway, so yeah, I like the thing is though, Jughead and Betty really dodged a bullet here because Jughead went from like at the beginning of this episode living in the school to the end of this episode living in Archie's house. So we never had to broach the subject of like telling Betty where he lived or didn't live. So, you know, kind of like, you know, Jughead needs to be able to catch a break at some point. Yeah, I don't know. He's kind of moody though. (laughs) Archie, Archie asks Jughead if him and Betty are a thing. I don't know. He doesn't even like really say that. It's like all in this episode, whenever they talk about relationships, it's probably like the most realistic stuff is Archie's just kind of like, hey, so you and Betty and Jughead's like, yeah, I don't know. We had a moment. (laughs) Right in the middle of our moment? (laughs) Right in the middle of our moment. Then she started talking about a car and then I don't know. We got involved. Yeah, and then we had to go solve a crime. (laughs) So, yeah. So I don't really Basically, know we're we engaged now. Yeah. Um. But uh, Archie tells Jughead that FP, you know, can possibly get a second chance by going back to work with his dad because I think Archie just really wants Jughead to stop living at the school. It's hard to say because the way this episode is shot, it looks like this entire thing happens like in the same morning. So like at some point at school, Archie has like called his dad and then like told his dad about the whole issue. And then his dad's like, yeah, sure. FP can come back to work. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a couple days. Hard to tell. Timelines, man. Now, th- we've already addressed in this show so far why Effie was fired originally, right? I don't think so, but it definitely comes up now. I mean, basically Jughead, because we find out that like this whole episode is like, oh, it took us seven episodes and now we find out finally what's going on with Jughead's family, where his mom is, where his sister is, why his dad is a bum. Actually, it's kind of weird because this episode's really like, hey, his dad is living on like the couch and is an alcoholic and prior to that, we kind of just thought he was a serpent. We didn't really know Yeah, we didn't know more. anything other than that before for sure yeah so Jughead goes home though and goes to the trailer and talks to FP and FP kind of looks like a mess and he says like oh I don't want to work for Fred again he kicked me out and Jughead is like hey you know it's not too late to fix our family you can get me back at the very least and maybe mom and Jellybean but FP's mad at Fred and he's kind of just blaming everyone he's blaming Fred blaming Jughead's mom for leaving but then he goes then he goes to Andrew's construction and's like hey look guy I'll, I'll take my job back sure sounds good then Hermione comes in and FP says Dudley Do-Right doesn't know I'm a serpent so let's keep that under wraps who is who's he referring to at this moment is he Fred referring Andrews. to Fred? Fred really okay because I like I don't know how Fred wouldn't know that he's a serpent that that seems like really shocking well, I could have believed that it was maybe Archie but that's here's, like here's the thing know. um Fred is an Andrews man uh now famous triers not good at succeeding <laughs> they're not smart yeah I don't know I just I like this is the biggest thing for me is I just just don't buy that somehow Jughead and FP have hidden this fact from everyone in town when and and like he's telling Hermione now not to tell Fred but he never said that in the past couple times they've met so like for all we know Hermione could have told him you know I don't know it just seems it seems like this is a really small town where people know each other and unless they're implying that FP has like recently become a serpent but I don't think they're implying that. Yeah it's one of those things too that just it again it just doesn't make sense. It should, but it doesn't. FP goes to his first day of work and it it goes pretty well. And then they all go out to Pops. There's like three or four, I feel like, awkward Pops dinners in this episode. Uh, Here's the first one. So it's the the foursome of Archie, Fred, FP, and Jughead. And they like just piling on the, here's some background info, but we're going to present it in a way like we're telling it to people for the first time. People who should definitely already know this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like they talk about how they had a car called the Shaggin Wagon and how Fred started a band called the Fredheads, which just like, why did we not hear? 
hear about this in the first three episodes when Archie was all into music. Yeah, you would think that Fred would be more understanding if he's uh, previously been in a band called the the Fredheads. Well, you would think that Archie would know that his dad was in a band. Like, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I don't know everything about, like, my parents' high school years or anything, but, like, I, things like this would come up, especially if you guys have never changed towns and everyone you knew is in town. Like, they're making it seem like they've never all four hung out together ever. Yeah, really not a great, not a great look for the Jughead and Archie have always been best friends storyline. Well, that and, like, the biggest question I have here about the timeline is when did Fred fire FP? Because sometimes they make it seem like it was years ago, and that's, like, around the same time when Jellybean and Jughead's mom left, and then sometimes it makes it seem like, oh, it was more recently, and that's why, uh, and that's why he fell off the wagon recently. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of confusing, because I'm just trying to figure out, like, I mean, if it was, if it was, like, five years ago, how have they been living off of, like, zero money? Um, I'm assuming through the criminal activity of the Southside Serpents. Well, that's possible. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just still think, like, we need to know a little more, because, like, when Archie first talks to Jughead at the beginning of the episode, and he's like, oh my gosh, why aren't you living at home? Like, he hasn't known this, but they've been best friends, so this only makes sense if, like, he hasn't been living at home for approximately the same amount of time that him and Archie were fighting, which was only a couple months ago. Well, I also think Jughead's home is never somewhere that he would have invited a friend over. He probably would always go to Archie's house, so it could have been a lot longer that he had been kicked out and he just kind of brushed it off. Yes, but also I'm 90% sure, don't quote me on this, that, like, in the first episode or two, they mentioned about, like, hanging out in Jughead's treehouse or something. That, again, I could be wrong. This might have been in a fan fiction. Do you think that was just his house? <laughs> oh. He probably lived in it, and Archie was too young and stupid to know. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, I'm wor- wondering about all these things, but it's it's not like it's Betty and Jughead we're talking about. This is Archie, so Archie very well could have just, like, not paid attention and not realized that his best friend has not been living at home, and his best friend and him only hang out at, at the Andrews household. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well. There's a little bit of tension when, like, FP really wants to pay. I don't, okay don't know why fp really says oh this will be my treat and then he forces him to pay but if like we've said if he hasn't had a job and he it's his first day he hasn't got a paycheck yet so there's no way for them to know why he would have enough money to pay for a dinner with four people and then fred makes the joke well if i'd known that you would have paid i would have gotten an extra milkshake and it's like why why would you have gotten an extra milkshake just because you wouldn't have to pay for it well yeah but not only that but like he did know they presented it as i'm gonna take you out to eat it's like i don't know the whole situation was super awkward i think it was weird. it was one of those things where if i like was like hey dad can we go out for dinner like i'll buy dinner for us my dad 99 times out of 100 will not let me pay that bill even if i offered and invited him and had money wow uh, i paid for so much crap for my family recently I just like forced them to all go to a movie with me and i paid for it oh literally that would ne- like my dad would never let me pay to, for no ever i'm very into buying my family to do things with me <laughs> that I want to do. Well, I think that that's something we'll have to unpack another day. <laughs> okay. I know. My, I'm making my life sound really sad. Yeah. I think it's that strate- our, um, sorry, not strategy, our therapy session can happen in, um, another time. Okay. <laughs> and they all go back to, it's like, let's end the dinner on a really awkward note and then make it more awkward by extending the evening. I think they should have just called it quits then. But instead they go back and hang out in Archie's like shed thing that has Possibly been- the garage? I, is 
Is it a crutch? I feel like it's not attached to the house, but I don't know. They always, like, exit through a door that doesn't look like it's it, – whatever. Anyway. Plus it looks a the, lot bigger than the one that Fred had soundproofed in the previous episode because that yeah. just seemed like a little hut, and this is enough space to comfortably fit three people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I don't care anyways. But they're, <laughs> they're hanging out, and they're, like, I think they were jamming. I'm not sure because Jughead probably can't jam, but uh, I guess I guess FP and Archie are – Fred's not there, so I guess Fred just, like, pieced out probably smart but then Archie gets all like super weird and starts asking about like why why he got fired and they we have to hear that whole story and like this is this is the one scene that Archie actually has impacted in the whole episode and it's just Archie messing things up and making it worse so if that tells you anything about Riverdale there we go well and what was interesting here is that FP mentions that he had to take care of Jellybean and Jughead and his mom and pay hospital bills and why aren't we learning about why there were hospital bills what was going on that was requiring no like who was in the hospital i think i think they just needed like another thing to add on because they're like oh my life was so much harder you only had one or fred only had one kid i had two kids like okay well i mean it was i guess twice as much money but like it's not like and so they just like we need to throw another thing on the list Ho- hospital bills joke had probably fell out of his treehouse once i don't know um <laughs> so yeah they, they're just going through all of this and fp makes it seem like he basically says like yeah I had all this extra cost and I wasn't making as much money so I had to start doing some illegal stuff on the side and then I got thrown in jail and then Fred bailed me out of jail but then like kicked me out of the company because they founded the company together which again why does Archie not know this like was this all before he was born I don't know it just doesn't make any sense well I would hope that it was before he was born no I know but I mean like at what point did he get it sounds like they were partners until they got until he kicked him out Yeah, I don't know and then FP makes the comment of like, and my half of the company was worth ten times what his half of the company was worth, and no, it's no, like, no, oh, it I know, worth, that's not what happened. It was worth more than the money that was used to bail him out. Okay, I was like, I got confused, I zoned out, and I was like, <laughs> what the f is he talking about? None of this makes any sense. Thank you. Yeah, no, but uh, and then then like FP just leaves, and I guess we cut probably to Veronica dancing or something at that point. And then he comes back in, and I don't know why FP was outside. Like, was he throwing up? Was he peeing? I don't... Maybe he was having another drink. I don't know. He just, like, randomly comes back inside, and then Jughead takes him home. And there's, like, a really sad moment where Jughead is, like, tucking his dad into bed on the couch or whatever, and he's talking... He's trying to, like, talk about the family, and he's like, oh, mom got a job at the call center to pay for online classes. She's getting her GED and Jellybean, and she wants to go by JB now. She's such a cool 10-year-old. And then FP's asleep, and it's like, wow, dad, we were trying to bond here. Well, I mean, when you're tucking in your drunk dad, is probably not the best time to try and bond with him. Yeah, it's not like it's just it's a bummer. Like I think that this kind of stuff is why I really didn't care for the episode because I was just like, mm, it's depressing. Yeah, it's depressing, but it's also it's it's frustrating at the same time because we're we're given information in these spurts of like here are some facts that we're presenting to you, <laughs> but we don't know like I don't, we don't know any context. We don't know yeah. how long. We don't know, and so it's like yeah, okay, I don't I don't know why we're learning this in this fashion. It's like very very transparent. It's like how at the beginning of like every Harry Potter book in the first couple chapters they're like oh and my best friend Ron and Hermione and we go to Hogwarts like yeah I know we're like on the fourth book why are we still repeating this like and I had to go home to live with the Dursleys for the summer because (laughs) it protects me from you know who yeah it's just like you know okay you're just this is just like a cop out but well and I think what's hard in this situation is that we don't know who is telling the truth because then Fred tells Archie his side of the story saying that FP was stealing things from the construction company and 
selling them on the side, that he gave Effie multiple chances. And then he said, you can only save people so many times until you have to let them drown or something like that. And Archie asks, well, who cares if Jughead drowned too? And so then it just doesn't really make sense because FP should be taking responsibility for the actions that he did, whether they were right or wrong. And why didn't Jughead get taken away with Jellybean too? Why why wouldn't the mom take both of them? There's just so many things that yeah. doesn't really make sense with this. Are we supposed to believe Fred because he's been seen to be the more trustworthy person? And it's just not very clear at all with this background that we're given that seems to be very important pieces in both Archie and Jughead's life that kind of derailed them into the separate pieces where they are. Well, but yeah, as well, we have all this information where it's like, these are valid reasons why uh, Archie and Jughead wouldn't be friends anymore. But right. all we've been told is we didn't go on a road trip on July 4th like you said we would and now we're not friends. <laughs> it's like, well, it seems like maybe there's a little bit more here. Uh, yeah, but that would be too logical for Riverdale. Can't have that. Can't oh, right. Have that. Everything yeah. has to, all conflicts have to be road trip related. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then Jughead gets like arrested in school for having the, the, the murder, murder wall board. or whatever. I don't know why, like, why is Betty not getting arrested for this or Kevin? I think Kevin was the one who technically well, started helping them with this. And if they're, if he's getting arrested, couldn't he be like, yeah, I made this with Betty and Kevin. And then Kevin can be like, yeah, my dad has one and I look at it a lot. So I remembered it. So I helped them. Again, like, I why, repeat, that's too logical like, for Riverdale. I don't understand how I can say Riverdale doesn't make sense. And you're like, well, but we have to make sense of it. And when I'm trying to make sense of it, you're like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> because I, just, I want it both ways. <laughs> I don't like this. And so it's just like having the murder wall, like it's the, the murder wall is missing some key pieces, such as who actually did it. This is no indication that it's someone who like did the crime. I feel like if someone had murdered Jason Blossom and they had their own wall about it, it would be pictures of Jason, not here's all the people who might have done it other than me. Ha ha ha. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does not seem like something that, like, I mean, that it's kind of one of those classic things of like, the fact that Jughead is looking into this murder is the most evidence against, or like for why he's not the murderer. Well, no, that's a thing. No, murderers stand. try to insert themselves into the investigation all the time. That's a real yeah, thing. Yeah, but it wouldn't be like the only person in school besides Betty who's I actually mean, looking into I it. Mean, I don't know. It could be. Well, and so you the, don't reason, know. <laughs> the reason that Sheriff Keller gives as to bringing him to the station is that Jughead's prints were already on file for attempting to burn down the elementary school when he was younger. And so I think it's more so related to the car being burned. And we don't really know why Jughead... It doesn't make sense why Jughead would have tell, told Sheriff about the car and then just burnt it. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. It probably like they just were at school looking for Jughead and they happened to see the murder wall. It probably is not actually the reason. It probably was just the fingerprints of why they were arresting him. Um, But yeah, like, so Jughead just like happens to also have this random thing from his past where he accidentally almost burned down an elementary school. Okay. It All seems right. like one of those things where he was doing like a pretty normal kid thing of playing with matches and then they were like, he's from the south side. Call the police. It's on purpose. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably something like that. <laughs> but Jughead classic when they're like, hey, you were bullied a lot. And Jughead's like, yeah, have you have you heard my name? My, my name is literally Jughead. <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah. I'm getting bullied. Hey, my name is Jughead. Are you going to bully me too? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, so it's it's fine because basically they just need an alibi from him, and I guess Jughead just doesn't have one. I don't like I don't know what he was doing, but he he doesn't he was give crying the because Archie ditched him on his road trip, and now they're not friends. Yeah, I mean he was honestly probably just like hanging out in pops, and if pops had cameras, they could probably just like use that. But instead, FP lies for him and covers him and no, says Fred. That he was working. Sorry, Fred. <laughs> Fred lies and covers for Jughead and says that he was wor- that Jughead was working for Fred at the time, um, which is kind of nice. And then FP. FP finally shows up and gets into like a weird little shoving fight with Fred and it's adorable. Is it? It's adorable. I was like, this is, I, someone needs to help FP out. Um, And the other thing too is it's like, you can't lie and be like, Jughead was working for me because that is such an easy thing to catch them on because either there's going to be no record of employment for Jughead, that's a problem, or it's going to be like, oh yeah, I was paying him in cash under the table. And then it's like, what the hell are your labor law situations here that that's okay? Well, I don't think they're going to investigate like where was the money no but i feel like they would be like okay well fred has said he was working for him now we need to verify that because yeah they did they basically just showed him a forged time card why this is crazy I mean, I think that's kind of enough. They gotta look in for more stuff. There'd be, like, a record of employment. Yeah, but I don't think... This is, like... They had no grounds to arrest him to begin with. Yeah, why do you think they chose to include this in the episode? Like, what was the purpose of this? All they needed to do was just create a reason why Jughead would not want to go home with his dad and would instead want to go to the Andrews house. That's literally it. It was just... just, They just needed to do something so Fred could be like, oh, man, I do feel bad for the situation I put Jughead in. Poor kid. And he's drowning. You know, he's, he's being picked on basically just because his dad is an alcoholic from the south side well they should have done it better than this <clears throat> well that's the subtitle of riverdale i was gonna say yeah <laughs> riverdale they should have done it better and jughead moves in with archie and uh that's adorable maybe that's where i was going with that well and now he's gonna have share like his bedroom window will peek into betty's bedroom so that could be cute yeah or there's creepy. a lot of fan fictions written about that I just, okay. It's weird to me that anyone reads Riverdale fanfiction. It's not just me. There's a lot of people. Well, no, I'm I'm not. I don't think you're the only person. I just check out The Serpent and His Prom Queen. I'm not going to do that. Oh, come on. I'm um, going to tell you right now, if it's a fan fiction and it's not Harry Potter fan fiction, I'm not interested. I could recommend some good Harry Potter fan fictions. Check out The Eighth Year by C.J. Lady of Gryffindor. I guarantee you I've already read it's that. It's got an Yasha tie-in. I have not read that then. <laughs> Anyways, and I'm not going to. Can we please move on? Yeah, I guess. Um, all right, let's talk about Betty and Cheryl and the search for Polly, shall we? Sounds like a good time. Yeah, so the parents don't want anybody involved, like the police, etc., because Polly ran away in the shameful condition of being a pregnant teen. Yep, so shameful. I forgot that we were back in the 1800s. I'm just kidding. That was much more recent. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, Betty's like, she's telling all of all the people in the, what what is this? The common student room lounge. in school? Yeah, student lounge. So Betty's telling everybody, <laughs> whatever, Betty's telling everybody about what's going on. And one of Cheryl's friends overhears and I guess texts Cheryl. Uh, Wait, what's but going we're on. skipping over one of the greatest parts of this scene which is that Jughead puts his arm around Betty and then both Archie and Veronica have these shocked or confused looks of, wait, did we miss something? Is there something going on here? And they did because they weren't there in Betty's bedroom that day. There are two subtle quality moments during the scene. That's one. And another one is when they just start talking about like, Betty's like, oh my gosh, yeah, the sheriff thinks someone might have followed us and burned down the car. And Veronica's just like, we should probably move if people are following you guys. Yeah. 
like, yes, yes, you really should. You have no idea. It's like she has these moments where she's like, I need to go clubbing on a school night. But then she also has these moments where she's like, I think that maybe we're in danger and should go. Maybe Riverdale's not what it's cracked up to be. Well, but Veronica is the only person who actually has the potential to be able to move or has that yeah. idea that she could. Yeah, she's the only one who knows that the world outside of Riverdale exists. <laughs> uh, I mean, I bet I guess Betty was away during the summer and Archie and Jughead would have been had they gone on that road trip. But how long of a road trip were they going to be going on? Well, they weren't going to get far, remember, because they don't have a car or a driver's license. So Yeah, they're 15. Well, but Jughead did drive FP home. Yeah, but I think it's a little different, did. like, to be be supervised while you probably have a permit and you're 15 that's it's a little different well no that's when the person in the car supervising you is drunk it doesn't count as supervision and it's still illegal i don't think that anyone's pulling them over in riverdale they should have been pulled over and betty and veronica are talking because veronica like you said noticed the little arm around situation that jughead did and betty's like yeah oh my gosh oh my gosh veronica (laughs) (laughs) let me try again hold on but he's like your, your Betty and Jughead voices sound really similar. <laughs> Sorry, let me try again. Hold it's on. almost like all her voices <clears throat> sound very similar. <laughs> Um, Betty is talking to Veronica and she's like, yeah, Jughead has really been here for me, like, emotionally. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I know that we're, all, like, recording a podcast right now, but I've actually got to go. <laughs> um, look, it's not that bad. It's just, okay? like, uh, your impressions, like, they're really just not doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I'm sorry. I couldn't Jughead tell if you were being has... serious. And I was like, I guess we can pause and, and resume this later. <laughs> no, oh, um, that's a common thing I do is say, I've got to go when I do not, in fact, Veronica, have to go. Jughead has been really here for me emotionally. Enough! <laughs> I can't stop. Okay, uh, so they have a little bit of girl talk and it's cute, but I still feel like Betty is kind of doing that thing where she's like, yeah, I just need support and uh, he's a guy, so that's cool. I don't know. We're just not getting anything from him, whereas Jughead is like talking about their moments. He's like, really, he's a little a more into moment. it. Yeah, I don't know. Then Sheriff Keller is talking to Penelope Blossom about like, yeah, we've been going over the car and I'm sure we're going to have a breakthrough in your case. Ha ha, I'm, st- I'm trying. I'm still relevant. And then Cheryl walks in and tells them the news of Polly's escape. And now we're going to play a little game. Hopefully you guys didn't take notes on this because I did. But if you did take notes, uh, let the other person play the game. All right. I'm going to give you four options of the hashtags that <laughs> that Cheryl put on her tweet. Oh, no. I'm not going to get this right. <laughs> I'm going to give you four options. And you tell me which one is the fake hashtag that did not accompany her tweet. Wait, Hannah, do you know the answer to this? I didn't take notes, but I remember. I think I remember the hashtags, but... I think I can still participate because I don't have them written down. Okay, well, we're going to let we're gonna I let don't Kirsten remember go them first. at all. I don't remember yeah. a tweet. All right, so Kirsten <laughs> tweeted out to put the pressure on no, Sheriff Cheryl Keller. No, Cheryl tweeted out. Sorry, <laughs> Cheryl tweeted out. Do you want me to tweet this out right now? Should I tweet <laughs> right, this out stop. right now? right now? You're making me have to do a lot of editing. Cheryl <laughs> tweeted out uh, to put some pressure on the sheriff for needing to look for Polly. And at the end of her tweet, here were her hashtags. <laughs> Choice I one. thought her tweet was just hashtags. It might have just been. Anyway, tweet number one, hashtag Polly Cooper killed my brother number two hashtag nowhere to hide number three hashtag sharpen your pitchforks number four hashtag avenge jason blossom okay i i'll go after kirsten but i have my number locked in okay, um great. Uh, uh, what was the first one again holly cooper killed my brother okay i'm gonna go with the pitchforks one nope it's no that four. 
real. Yeah, number four. She did not say it. Hashtag avenge Jason Blossom. <laughs> she didn't say the other one. I thought she would have wanted to avenge her brother. I know. I thought so, too. That's why I added it. Well, <laughs> and you know I'm never going to take notes, so. Okay, well, I'm just proud of myself for coming up with a fun little game. That was a great game. I felt like I was on the RHAP and b <laughs> Yeah. I'm just ripping them off slowly and steadily. I can't wait until this becomes a Survivor podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Coopers lead a search for Polly in the forest and the Blossoms slash the dog slash sheriff. Were there dogs? I don't know. In my mind, there were dogs. There were people this. in those weird little caps that were behind the Blossoms. But did they I have don't like, think there dogs, were dogs on leashes to like sniff her out? Because I feel like that no, was a I thing. don't do think so. What do you mean so. by weird little cap? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. I mean, hats have specific names, but these are the ones that like the Blossoms like, had. The Sherlock Holmes hat? It, it's, so, it's like a little it's not a bowler hat but it has a little poof and then just a short little a Sherlock Holmes hat a Sherlock Holmes hat oh okay (laughs) I don't know what that's called I don't know but uh, at least both of us knew okay but I don't recall like seeing that but it just seems like the kind of thing that would accompany all I know is I love Cheryl's outfit in this scene I liked her outfit with the crop top when she went to go to go talk to Sheriff Keller I thought that was a really cute outfit well this one she's got like a little like she looks like she's about to ride a horse I do I love a over the knee boot yeah, anyway, uh, Cheryl's clothes are great. I like how we usually talk about how Cheryl's clothes are great, but we never actually really describe her clothes that much. Well, and he, the thing is, is like all of her clothes are great, but I only really remember like the super iconic ones, like her red silk dressing gown. Yeah, that one is iconic. So the Blossoms believe that Polly killed Jason for pretty much no other reason than like, here's a person to blame. Uh, and uh, Alice wants her family to stand united. So she just decides that she's going to tell everybody that Polly's pregnancy... Uh, is is a thing and they do it in front of a church to heighten the sense of realism yeah so it like it's seen it's like a very press conferencey type scene where she's like polly please come i think home. it's literally a press conference i see i was gonna say it was a press conference and then i was like if i wasn't paying that much attention and i say it was a press conference and it wasn't a press conference <laughs> i'm gonna get roasted so that's so where that alice's came from? press conference okay yeah. perfect so this press conference happens and she's like polly please come home Everyone, Polly is pregnant with Jason's baby. Dun, dun, dun. It's like, oh, okay. So you're not embarrassed about it anymore? Weird. Guess not. I also really enjoy that when they're sitting inside the church and uh, Alice is telling Polly that she's going to do this, uh, Polly's like, I don't know if I can. And then (laughs) Alice is like... (laughs) Hi, I'm sorry. Are you talking about um, Betty? (laughs) What did I say? Polly. (laughs) Damn it. They don't look that much alike. And you can tell Polly's the one that's very pregnant. She also confused FP and Fred earlier. So it's just struggling today. So Alice is talking to Polly inside the no, church. No, Betty! Betty! Alice is talking to Betty inside the church. And Betty is like, I don't know if I can go along with this. And then Alice is like, you can and you will. So I appreciate that she's channeling Arissa Cox here. And we have another CoverGirl ad here. Oh, well, sure. Just stomp all over my Arissa Cox joke. So, well, she doesn't know. Hannah doesn't know who Arissa Cox is. Oh, that's um, true. Hannah, watch Big Brother Canada. I'm going to boycott 
boycott Big Brother Canada since Kirsten was so poorly treated. I don't even know the travesty that occurred, but I'm standing up in solidarity. It's true, and I appreciate it, but I do still like the show, so you could watch it if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not nice enough to boycott it for that. I know there are people who legitimately did not watch last season, and I'm like, guys, like, you're gonna get it canceled, and then it's just over. Don't do that. Yeah. We brought it back once. Instead of, like, millennials ruining the diamond industry, it's like Kirsten ruined Big Brother Canada. I I don't want to accept the blame for this. (laughs) Anyway, so Jughead walks Betty home, and uh, he's like, yeah, there's a killer on the loose, remember? And also, um, it's the kind of thing that people in our situation, you know, who, people who are like us, you know, it's like, just be like, yeah, and I'm, like, dating you, so I'm gonna walk you home. Like, why, why is this such a big deal? Jughead's like, I want to define the relationship so badly, but, like, it's also way too early to actually define the relationship. Yeah, but he needs some st- stability in his life, okay? Yeah, but, but Betty doesn't know that because she doesn't know he's homeless. Whatever. They kiss. It's cute. And this thing happens again yes. where he's, like, talking about, like, their relationship and Betty's just like, oh, shoot, Polly is a thing. Ah, and then she does that thing where it's like, something you definitely didn't say is going to, like, remind me of something else and I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, thank you. And it's like, you didn't actually do anything. Do you think she has a mind palace like Hannibal Lecter? Mind palace? I thought that was a thing from Sherlock. Sherlock Now I'm confused. Sherlock has one too, but Hannibal Lecter also has one. Okay. I just recently watched The Silence of the Lambs and I don't remember them referencing his mind palace, but he is a very smart man. I think it's in the books. I don't think it's in the the, the the movies. Not the first time we've talked about Hannibal Lecter on this podcast. He's my favorite uh, fictional character. Did you not know that? I also didn't know he was fictional. I thought he was a real dude. You know what? Let's not dive into that. (laughs) Yeah, so a poor Jughead just has to like walk home, I guess. Or maybe not poor Jughead. He gets kissed. I'm not really sure. He got a big kiss. He was like awkwardly talking and she was like, I'm gonna put an end to this by kissing you. And then he's like, ooh, I got kissed by a girl. Plus she was like, thanks for walking me home. And I don't think we have any indication that she actually got home. So it doesn't really make sense that they split up anyways. Well, and here's the problem. Now who's gonna walk Jughead home? There's a murderer out there. And guess what? The He hasn't murdered girls. He's only murdered boys. So Jughead's in way more danger than Betty. Boys, plural? Isn't it just Jason? Did someone else die? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, well, for all we know, Jughead could be the murderer. So I think that's why he's safe. Ah! hope not. Yeah, so Polly ran away as a kid, and when she ran away, she ran into the attic, so she's in the attic. Woohoo! Cool. Groundbreaking she... revelation. It, I, it really was. She's like, I wrote the book on breaking in and out of this house. What was really creepy, though, I didn't understand why Polly had to approach Betty the way she did, where Betty's looking <laughs> into the mirror, Polly comes around and puts her hand over her mouth, and I, I'm pretty sure I jumped because I was so frightened for Betty thinking that someone else was going to be up in this attic and then it was not going to be a good situation. Also, it's like, why in why in the Cooper's attic is there a Ouija board and a bunch of creepy dolls? And the wedding dress just sitting up there. You need to preserve those things. And when can we go hang out in that attic and play Ouija? Yeah, where is your wedding dress? Is it preserved? No, it's in my parents' house. I'm sorry. After watching The Exorcist, I do not play Ouija boards. It's not a thing. It never leads to anything good. Like the episode when they play it in One Tree Hill doesn't lead to anything good. So then Betty tells Veronica about Polly being in the attic and Veronica offers to help her stay with here. But then since Cheryl knows that Polly is carrying Jason's baby, she wants to help her because they're all on the same team now. So now the Blossoms are involved in potentially helping out Polly. But what I found was hilarious is that in the end, Polly goes and stays with Veronica. So we all could have just had this, you know, scenario slash drama avoided if 
Betty would have just taken up Veronica's offer in the first place. Yeah, but I think we needed to see that the Blossom family was a little creepy and like that they we don't have. We already have. Well, okay. We well, need more confirmation, I but guess. But also, here's the thing. They're like, yes, Polly is carrying Jason's baby and that makes her part of the family now. That does not mean, like as far as they're aware, that does not mean that she couldn't have killed him. Like, I don't think they know the specifics of when she went to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Like, pregnant people could also be a murderer. Like, it's not like you get pregnant and you're like, ah, I'm a divine being. I carry life. I'm a vessel of a new hope and I could never harm anyone. Pregnant people could kill people too. A new hope is Star Wars episode That's exactly what I thought of, but I wasn't going to bring it up. Well, I did bring it up. (laughs) Well, I, uh, I don't like Star Wars. I've only seen episode one and I only, shots fired. I've only seen episode one and I will keep it that way because I like the look that Star Wars people make when I say I've only seen episode one. You know, honestly, I'm much more happy that you've only seen episode one than like only seen episodes eight. That's the worst. Anyway, so yeah, I I don't know. The the whole thing with the the Blossom family is kind of more like the baby has changed the situation somewhat, but they're still not, like I think it's basically more of like, oh, we won't try to frame, or not frame, we won't try to accuse Polly of murder yet, but like that's still on the table. Well, So I see what you're saying about her. Like, yeah, I think they do believe that she could have been the killer. I think they just have other things to consider now as well. And I don't think that they're truly concerned about Polly. They're concerned about the grandchild. Well, right. Yeah, I don't think they care. Although, I do think that Cheryl might care a little. It's hard to tell. Cheryl is an emotional wreck. Well, and she's clearly been poorly treated to by her parents. And we see that in the meeting that Betty has with the Blossoms, where they want to know where Polly is. And there's a weird look exchange between Penelope and Cheryl. And we know that she treats her one daughter poorly. So why wouldn't she, why would Polly now get treated any better than Cheryl does? Yeah, it's kind of a hard thing to hide because like I feel like the Blossom family is trying to act, you know, especially to Betty, like, oh, we're a happy family and stuff. But like they already had Veronica over and Veronica knows the real deal, knows what's really going on. So they kind of let the cat out of the bag there. Anyway, but but yeah, Cheryl, I do think cares about Polly somewhat because she does show up at the end of the episode and tell Polly and Betty like, hey, it's not going to be safe for you to stay with my parents. You should probably go somewhere else. And that's when she goes to live with Veronica and Hermione. So that's kind of a weird combo. But yeah, it's it's not really the match I would have envisioned or anticipated, but I'm here for it. Yeah, it's fine. Girl power. Maybe we'll have a little girl party next time. I don't know. But yeah, so then the closing of the episode, we get some more Jughead voiceover. Hope, a word so close to home. Let's stop right there. Do they mean that it's one letter off? Because that's all I got. I think I th- so, yes. I think that there's... Okay. I think that there's that's a <laughs> that you hope a lot when you're in home or it's really mm-hmm. close to your heart. Mm, or it could no, be like with the letter thing. Or like you feel at home when you have hope. Yeah, maybe. I like mine better. Home is where the heart is and that's where you hope. But it's also a very lame tie-in to the opening, which we talked about last time where they don't really try to tie them in and this time it seems super forced. Yeah, so they should just stop. They, have you ever <laughs> seen, they, there's some pretty funny YouTube videos and stuff that's like just all of the Jughead voiceovers back to back to back and you realize like this is, because I think it's implied like this is the stuff he's writing in his book and if you actually listen to all of them back to back to back, not only does the book make zero sense, it's like not very good. I would say that Jughead is as good at writing his book as Archie is at writing song lyrics. Oh, that's a low blow. I think Jughead's like one step better. At least he has flowery language. At least it's a little more than uh, she was beckoning, I was reckoning. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's about the same level. But also, obviously, I've never looked up a YouTube video of all the Jughead voiceovers because why would I do that to myself? 
And why do you do that to yourself? You should also just look up Riverdale Crack on YouTube. That's great. I'm not looking that up. Oh, it's great. I recommend it to anybody brave enough to look it up. So he says, hope, a word so close to home and as tricky as much as we wanted Jason's killer caught in the town, our home, to feel safe again with every day that passed, our hopes dimmed more and more. There's that old cliched saying, it's darkest before the dawn, but sometimes there's just darkness. And uh, that's when we see FP stumbling around in his house and it sort of does like a really nice little pan across from where FP's legs walk by to you see his closet and Jason's jacket in it. Boom. Boom. So we can only assume that he burned the car. The Jones fit boys are just a bunch of pyromaniacs. They love playing. He was probably just playing with matches and it got out of control. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's like, okay, so either him or one of the serpents stole the jacket burned down the car. Or they just stole the jacket and someone else burned down the car. Or it's a second jacket. Or it's a duplicate or whatever. Either way, why is it just hanging up in a closet with the door open where anyone could find it? Because the Jones boys do not think about evidence. Jughead touched all the stuff and now his father for some reason has the jacket and I think it's just supposed to know that in some it, this is just their way of telling the viewers that FP is in somehow linked to Jason's death and we are supposed to know that now and also FP's drunk so he's probably not making the best decisions That's right fair. now right but did he just put it there or was it there the whole time and then like Jughead just didn't see it I like to imagine that FP likes to wear it around the house sometimes oh that's weird <laughs> okay <laughs> Um, here's here's a fun question. This will be our question of the week. If the Andrews boys try, what do the Jones boys do? Can I give my answer? Sure. They fail. Aww. Aww. I don't think Jughead fails. I mean, I haven't seen him succeed up to this point. Got Betty, right? I mean, his biggest um, acquisition is an air mattress in Archie's bedroom. Is that winning? I don't know. I just don't think, I don't think Jughead fails. I think he probably fails, but anyway. I mean, I don't think that Jughead can't turn it around. I just think up to this point it's been failure after failure he couldn't save the drive-in he can't get his book published he can't get his dad Has to he stop tried drinking to get his book published? Hey, is that a plot i don't know it took jk rowling 11 times to get the right someone to publish harry potter so just not having your book published doesn't mean something at least for now i thought it was 12 i thought, I thought it, was it was 13 but that's okay i thought it was 12 and the 13th one said yes Anyways, we're not at Harry Potter trivia, so... There were two close but no cigars in this episode, so we already talked about the Glamazon. Glamazon.com. And then Veronica had her card declined, which was an American excess card. Yeah, I just love that too. Yeah. Imagine that being a real brand. My American excess got declined. (laughs) It's just like, hey, you spend a lot of money. That's probably actually what the black American Express cards are called. The American Excess cards. Yeah, this yeah. one's the American Excess. Yeah, I okay, like that. Okay, so this is going to sound really stupid, but do they have American Express cards in Canada? Yes, you can get American Express here, but it's not like a super common one. And a lot of places will only take Visa or MasterCard and they won't take American Express because it's just not like a widely used credit card here. No, that, I mean, that that's the same way in America, funnily yeah, enough. Oh, is it? It's similar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. They, a lot of things say like, we'll take everything except for Amex. I think it costs more to process them, to be honest. Like, I think the processing fees... I think fees, that's probably what it is. Um, because credit card processing fees are absolutely killer. Um, and then we have, if you want to watch, um, say, an American streaming service from Canada, but you need a credit card and billing address from America, sometimes you can use an American Express gift card to uh, skirt the rules. So if people uh, need help with that for uh, future, probably seasons of Big Brother for live feeds, uh, hit me up. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so those were our close but no cigars. What is the cringiest part of the episode? I think in the in Pops, when FP's like, no, I deserve this. That's a good point. I was going to say their tussle outside of the sheriff's station. That one was so sad, though. That's fair. Yeah, I, I agree with both of those. I do think I do think there was a lot more sort of awkward tension in Pops, and maybe it's the fact that it was like a public place with other people around that kind of bothered me. Uh, so I, I, I think that might be... I didn't write anything down, so I kind of um, like that I'm one. I'm trying to think if there's another one. The other one could be when um, Jughead's trying to bond with FP and FP is passed out. Oh, that's so sad, though. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I don't like these sad ones. Okay, then... You guys normally then pick in creepy pops. ones, and this week it's just sad. Well, what happened that was creepy this week other than, like, the Blossoms? And I'm sorry, I don't care about that. Polly in the really. attic. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that wasn't cringy. No, it wasn't cringy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think in the diner. Okay, what about the most normal person of this week? Sheriff <sighs> Keller. Or Kevin. I want Kevin to win it. I... Kevin hasn't won since episode one. But what did Kevin do that was so normal? He was trying to bring Veronica back down from the edge, being a supportive friend. I That's true, like... though. He was also down to go party on a school night. I feel like Josie might have been more. She was just like, you dance so much. Like, drink up, girl. It was like... <laughs> she also used the phrase, you left your body on the floor. Let's let's think about this. Out of those four people, who seemed to be acting the most like themselves? Reggie. I think it was Reggie. <laughs> I think Reggie might be the most normal person of the whole show, though. He kind of might be. Also, you know, we didn't talk about this when we were talking about that scene, but, like, I, I get, like, Veronica's reasoning for picking those four people or those three other people, but, like, are any of them friends? No, none of them had any incentive <laughs> to actually accept that invitation other than, like, liking Veronica. So, like... And she's gonna foot the bill. Yeah, so, like, Josie and Veronica <laughs> are friends, sure. Kevin and Veronica are friends, sure. Josie and Kevin kind of know each other from, like, the variety show. Um, Reggie, as far as I'm concerned, like, he's, like, a popular guy, but he's kind of a dick, and none of them are all that cool, so I don't... I guess he probably just wants to get with Veronica. I, I don't know. I, I think if you're if you're looking at this board and you're saying, you know, Reggie, who we know not that much about except that he's kind of a jerk, and then uh, Josie, whose mom's the mayor, and Kevin, whose dad's the sheriff, which one of those three do you think is most likely to go clubbing on a school night? I think it's Reggie. Reggie. No, I think you're right. I think Reggie is the most normal person of the episode. But he didn't really do anything. He well, just went to the and club. that's normal. It's normal. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I Reggie won on episode two, and that's the last time he's won. I think he also won on episode seven. That's this one, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, great. Okay. Speaking of episode seven, the title of this episode was In a Lonely Place, which was a novel written by Dorothy B. Hughes, and then there was a film in 1950s starring uh, Humphrey Bogart that was based on the novel, and it was about a troubled screenwriter suspected of murder and his neighbor who falls under his spell. So... Jughead's a writer, and he's now neighbors with Betty, who has fallen under his spell. And he's also fallen under her spell. Yeah, and he's suspected of murder. So I think, uh, you know, yeah, case closed. I'm fine Seems with that. to make sense there. That's the most normal thing of the episode. Yeah. It's the first time that we have only had to stretch it a little bit to make it exactly like the plot of yeah. <laughs> this other thing. It wasn't, a, it wasn't about, about go-go dancers in the desert holding yeah, someone no. hostage. <laughs> yeah, I still don't know what that was about, but I'm okay with it. And I kind of want to watch that movie now. Big scene. Uh, was that last week? Yes, yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. Fast last week. Yeah, it was last <laughs> week, which we recorded the week of um, February 22nd. Definitely. Uh -huh. Definitely. Definitely happened. Uh, all right, everyone. I think that's about it for the non-spoilers section. We're going to get into a little bit of spoilers after this. So please only stick around if you have, re uh, I was going to say read, if you watched up through season three. Until then, you are welcome to check out any of our other podcasts on Kowski 
CowskiCast.com. That's cow with a K. You can also follow us on Twitter at CowskiCast. That is also cow with a K. You can follow me on social media on any platform. I am at Frail Mary. Kirsten is at Kirsten said what? And Hannah is at Hannah V-E dot E-X-E. That is Hannah with one H and two N's. She is on Instagram and Instagram only. So you can look at her pictures, but not her tweets about Riverdale. Sorry. Okay. Is everybody ready for some spoilers? Yes. Spoilers. Get it out. This out. Leave. 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 Right. So I have a couple things here. Most of it just has to do with sort of the way that the vibes have changed in the show. I think for the because of the fact that Archie wasn't in this episode a lot and the plot lines mostly centered around Jughead and Betty and a little bit Veronica, there was a lot more time for just sort of like extending conversation that would that would normally be like that they don't have time for now because they have so much going on. So for example, just like the simple looks of Archie and Veronica, you know, noticing that Jughead put his arm around Betty, the fact that the, the characters seem to be like in each other's lives a little more um, really stood out to me because in the most recent seasons there's a lot of stuff that'll happen and like we don't get those moments like why do we not have a moment where Jughead and Betty look at each other and go huh our parents are dating or whatever yeah. like, we don't we don't get that now and that would I think clear things up a lot because instead you're you're watching a show that's like all these sectioned off characters who don't really have any involvement with each other definitely I think something also that really stood out was when you know her first choice for like a meathead to take to the club was Reggie and it's like they're gonna be together well it's a different Reggie but yes it's the same person though like as far as the characters are concerned yeah yeah I did like that I did like that um there was a lot of stuff with Veronica it's interesting that Veronica was so worried about disappointing Hiram and betraying him uh and that's definitely not a thing that she worries about as much now so that being the whole plot line I I don't know I mean we've talked in in our season three podcast about how Hiram is like his relationship with her uh, with Veronica is very frustrating, but it, it, it is interesting that she ha- holds him to such a high regard now and sort of dismisses her mom based off of the standing that, you know, Hermione has so much more power over Veronica now in season three. Yeah, it's very weird. And again, it goes back to how what we talked about last time with just like, who is Hermione? What is she really like? We didn't get anything from that this time. Like, what is in it for her to let Polly come live with them? That's not something that we would see, you know, season three Hermione allow. Yeah, definitely not. Jughead living under the staircase getting the episode a little bit creepy considering that is where we find out principal featherhead died like a bunch of years ago i mean it's probably been cleaned down there but you know you know it is really the know. janitor's closet so but that may be the one the place where they don't closet clean. like well if it's the janitor's closet wouldn't a janitor find i thought Jughead it was just like there? a creepy cupboard under the stairs they're know. celebrating they're celebrating the 20th anniversary of harry potter stops <laughs> that would have been no it was 2017 so it actually would have been accurate. Not in, it wasn't June. We're told that Gladys and Jelly Bean went to live with their grandparents, but when we see them in season three, there's no grandparents to be seen. Yeah, and they make it seem like Gladys like really cares about her education and like yeah. getting her life together. And then when we see her, um, she cares about running Riverdale and uh, crimes. Yeah, I mean, I think realistically, it's probably obvious that like the writers just sort of changed their mind about what they wanted to do with Gladys and Jelly Bean. But do you think, in the context of the show, if we're taking everything that happened now as fact, do you think she? 
she actually was working at a call center or do you think she was lying to Jughead and really had actually started her gang? I'm assuming she was lying. That's a good point. She could have totally been lying. Yeah, because I mean, that would actually make more sense of why in the end of this season, she tells Jughead that he can't come live with her, you know, because she's been doing her own crime thing with Jellybean. So now to the important question, which is better, the shaggin' wagon or the banker? I don't care for either of them. No. Okay. I mean, I still am always going to like the bang bunker. That's because you came up with it. (laughs) Well, I think that we don't know enough about the shagging wagon. But like, if I was a kid and or like a teenager in high school and I'm like, okay, where do I want to bang somebody? It's definitely going to be a like more stable facility than just a car. Yeah. And a car, you know, it can be driven away at any time. It's not (laughs) stable. (laughs) I don't know. Are you afraid that you're going to be banging someone in the back of the car and someone else is going to get it and drive it away? No, I'm 26 years old. I'm not banging anybody in the back of a car. I have a Exactly. Home. But you probably would bang someone in a bunker. I mean, I would bang someone in my home. But you would be more likely to bang someone in a bunker. Yeah. So, well, it's like all I remember. I don't know. The reason why I thought of that is because there's this like escape room company here, but it's a mobile escape room. So it's like a big cube van that's an escape room on the inside. And I saw it and I'm like, yes, exactly what I want to be locked without my cell phone in something that could be driven away that's really so that's, creepy how is that isn't successful that i don't know who's calling because it comes to your house and you just like do it in front of your house but i'm like um then they know where you live in. too right it's no it's horrible it's so terrifying i would never do it but it, i saw it a few times in like my old neighborhood and so that's all i can think of now when people talk about vehicles i just did an escape room last weekend with the great will from america and we were blindfolded before you walk into the room and then you get handcuffed to a bed in the middle of the room and you have to escape from that I would prefer to be handcuffed to a bed in the privacy of my own home. <laughs> yeah, it didn't help that my sister was there making all of these sexual jokes, like, in front of the, the escape room director guy who was handcuffing us. Um, but it was the kind of thing where she probably didn't really realize what she was saying. She's very innocent in that way. I love how innocent everyone used to be. I love the idea that someone could be following them was, like, a huge shock. And that um, and then, like, two seasons later, it's like, oh, yeah, drugs, cults, gangs, games that mess with everyone's mind makes sense. We're just going to stay here. When back when like, oh, someone might be following you was grounds for Veronica saying that they should move. Yeah. Um, the other, the other thing too is that there's this nightclub, which seems like a better version of what Veronica's trying to do with the Bonwe. So why did she need to create a speakeasy if there's already a club that's allowing young, underage kids to come drink? Well, I think we established that this is outside of Riverdale though, that club. Well, no, but it actually has to be in Riverdale because, um, Josie was like, my mom's the mayor and I don't think uh, the mayor of another town would matter that much. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good point. There's also another point in here where we're supposed to believe that Fred and FP were best friends in high school. They talk about that during their pop stay and they were obviously close enough that they would start a company together, but we don't really get that from the Midnight Club and we don't really get even more evidence from this episode that they they had any reason to be friends. And it's the same situation with, with Archie and Jughead where we don't really get this background, but we're supposed to believe that they're just best friends. Yeah, the whole Fred and FP being friends thing is really confusing 
confusing because they didn't really seem like they were friends at the beginning of the Midnight Club. They became friends during that, but then they they said at the end that like none of them ever hung out anymore. So we know they definitely weren't friends at the end of the episode. So <sighs> timelines. Uh, well, and also at the end when it's um Jason Blossom's jacket there, wouldn't FP have had his own jacket from before? Well, that and that's what I was thinking of when we were talking about the jacket being there or what what the Jones boys do, but FP was a football star. And so we did get a glimpse of that in the pop scene too. And so it would make sense for him to have his own, but there's potential that he had to burn that when he took on his serpent jacket. So he's just Uncle Rico and he's like, I miss my old days of being on the football team. I'm going to steal this dead boy's jacket and wear it around to make me reminisce. Yes. Okay. Glad we cleared that up. Can we put that on the Canon post-it note? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can mention it in our season uh, three podcast and then I can add a post-it note. So also there used to be a theory back when the first season was out that FP wasn't ever really an alcoholic, but that he was just faking it to keep Jughead away from the whole murder situation because obviously we know now that he was involved in sort of covering up the murder in some ways. So it's a little unclear because during this season it does seem like he's been this way for a while, like possibly years. So I don't know if I really buy that, but I know there'll be a line in, in I think in the next episode or one or two more that um that hints more toward this about like everyone needing to play a role. So I'm not really sure what you guys did you guys ever hear that theory or th- think about that at all? I just I don't buy it because I feel like when he comes to get Jughead after he's been arrested, he doesn't seem like someone who's pretending to be drunk. Like I will believe that um what's his name? Skeet something. I'll believe that he's a real a real actor that could do that, but I don't believe that FP is that good of an actor. How in the world did you forget the awesome name Skeet Ulrich? I couldn't remember the last name. I just remembered that it was Skeet and that he chose that for himself, which, okay. It's a great name. So, so amazing. Kind of gross, but okay. Yeah, I think it'd be really funny if his son's name was Skeet Jr. It's not, but it would be funny. I would call okay. Child Protective Services. Holly does mention that the sisters of at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy told each of them that they have a guardian angel, and then she's like, oh, and mine is Polly. I mean, Betty. Mine is Betty, but <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to get this part. But, like, I don't know. This seems false because, like, the sisters, they don't ever say anything nice. We know that they're not actually trying to make people better. Yeah, I, uh, I think maybe, maybe they're only nice in the pregnancy ward. Yeah, because then they want to steal the babies and, uh, lead them into a life of, um, sex work. Okay. That's what happened with, what's his name? He what? was a camboy. I don't think that that had any relation to the sisters of quiet I mean, mercy. I think if he hadn't been so traumatized at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, he would have had a much better adjusted life and probably wouldn't have ended up going down that path. I don't know. It's possible. So there. I mean, I don't think they, like, conditioned him to do it, but I think that his their abuse um, put him down that path. Yeah, it's possible. Well, that was about it that I had for spoilers. Did you guys have anything else? I don't think I had anything else. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for this extremely messy podcast. And uh, if you made it all the way through, hashtag Avenge Jason. Jason. <laughs> I was I was trying to decide which side which one else I wanted to use. Hashtag avenge Jason Blossom. Yes, please do. And while you're at it, if you liked this episode for whatever reason, please go onto your podcatcher or iTunes and rate us five stars. I, of course, if you're on some sort of random podcatcher that can give you like more than five stars, give us that. We want the maximum amount of stars. <laughs> please do that. It helps other people find the podcast. Yeah. Feel free to leave a comment with what you think the Jones boys do as the Andrews boys try. Um, I'd appreciate that. And feel free to trash us as much as long as you give us high rating. Yeah. We don't care what 
what you say, it's how you say it in the number of stars we receive. Definitely. All right, everyone. Until next time. Bye. No, I just, I really don't, yeah, I initially don't care about other people ever, so. Agreed. Sorry. Okay. Mary, what you typing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I have, I have stuff going on after this I need to plan. Um... <laughs> getting a skype call sorry <laughs> wow you have another podcast going on <laughs> no <laughs> she double um, booked <laughs> no it's the thing um, i said i had until seven. <clears throat> oh yeah we gotta zoom no it's fine <laughs> anyway sorry okay so no i do want to zoom this though um <laughs> zoom 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 make hot go, go boom boom, boom. My supernova this girl. Supernova. wow this is really zooming guys okay anyway so <laughs> then veronica offers this to is the help. worst podcast ever yeah. Yeah, I'm really sorry to everybody. No, it's fine. We're I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna hide all the bad stuff. Thank you. So then Polly, nope. So then Betty tells Veronica 